0: The Gospel of Luke is filled with beautiful parables. Think of the parable of the good Samaritan who takes the time to help, to save and to heal the man who's waylaid by robbers. And then that wonderful parable of the forgiving father and the prodigal son. The phrases roll out of our minds with such confidence. He was lost and is found. He was dead and he's brought back to life. There's an elegance and a graciousness about the Gospel of Luke an emphasis upon the mercy and the caring attitude of Jesus who enters into the lives of people like Zacchaeus. I must eat at your house today. So there's wonderful humanity about the Son of God and the Christ who sent to save us through his death and resurrection. And now we come on this third Sunday of Easter to consider another beautiful part of St. Luke's Gospel, the encounter of the two disciples with Jesus as they walk along to Emmaus, a town that archaeologists can't seem to locate, but it's described here in the Gospel as being seven miles from Jerusalem. Look at the actions, first of all, of Jesus, which help us to enter into the passage and meditate upon it. Jesus is described as walking with the two disciples, he questions them so that they can open up and explain to them what they're thinking and feeling. He listens to them and their explanation of what is happening and their perception of events. He explains to them a new vision of the same set of facts they're giving. But now the facts are presented in the light of sacred scripture and the saving action of God and the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus goes into their house. He stays with them that evening. He eats with them. He takes the bread and in actions that evoke the Last Supper and the institution of the Holy Eucharist and the miracle of the loaves, he blesses and he gives. And then he withdraws from their sight. At the withdrawal of Jesus from the sight of the disciples, they wake up to who was with them. And then they reflect upon their previous existence, uh, their previous experience as they were walking with him and they realise their hearts were burning as Jesus explained to them the sacred scriptures. Some interesting details from the Greek that might help our appreciation of what's being communicated to us here by St Luke. In the Greek, literally, their eyes were being held. There's something here of they're held back in their ability to perceive who Jesus really is. There's something about the glorified Christ, and we meet this on a number of occasions, for example, with Mary Magdalene, who sees Jesus as a gardener, that the disciples take a while to be able to recognise who the risen Christ is. And then in the Greek again, Jesus literally is asking the disciples, what are these words that... You throw back and forth to one another as you walk along, emphasizing here the vigour of their conversation of how interested and how emotionally invested they are in discussing the events of Jesus' death. And then the satire or the bitterness almost of the disciple response to Jesus' question about what matters, what things have you been discussing? Say, you're the only one who seems to know, who doesn't know what has been happening these last few days. There's a real conversation here as they walk along, and Jesus is quite at peace with listening and engaging and even upbraiding about their lack of interpretation of the sacred scriptures and his promise of his death and resurrection. Why does Jesus disappear? after he breaks the bread, blesses and gives this blessed bread to his disciples. Clearly, it's the same Jesus raised from the dead. This historical event, which yet raises Jesus to a level of existence that transcends the earthly existence that we have and the restrictions that we experience in our earthly life. Jesus is able to appear to the disciples and disappear from them at will. Why does he act this way? It is to acclimatise the disciples, I think, to a new way of thinking about him. In his glorified existence, he doesn't just come back to life. He is given a glorified life. And he will be now accessed not directly through the experiences of meeting Jesus in this obvious fashion that the disciples have experienced, but through a life of prayer, by meditating on the sacred scriptures and by the sacraments such as the Eucharist. What can we learn from this passage? It's so rich. I wouldn't try and pretend that I could draw out every implication of it. I think it's best to leave this to your own meditation and. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit to lead you in prayer to discover for yourself this magnificent vision of Jesus presented by Luke. I would suggest a number of implications, though. The first one is that it takes time to recognise and articulate our experience of Christ. Like the disciples, sometimes we look back on life and we recognise someone Or some event was having an impact upon us. And it's only later when we have a deeper experience of prayer and meditation and perhaps a conversation with a wise guide, that we begin to realise God was acting in our life. It's why we need to take time to reflect back on the day and back on the week and back on the month and back on the year to make ourselves more aware of what God was doing. This fills us with a sense of joy and hope. God was active when perhaps we weren't attentive to what God was doing. The second implication I would draw is what I will call the spirituality of movement. Jesus is walking with the disciples and they are walking with him. And in the conversation, they are gradually led to a deeper understanding of who he is until that moment of the breaking of the bread when finally they have the deep insight, this is truly Jesus. But without that movement, without that walking with the Lord and that conversation, they wouldn't have been prepared for that moment of profound insight. This, I think, helps a lot of people. It certainly does help me. I don't have to be sitting at prayer all the time. In meditation, or in a church, as important and as beautiful as the experiences are, but there's also a sense of there's something holy and wholesome. There's something in the work of the day, of the activities of the day, of the meeting of people, of walking perhaps in nature when I have a moment to think about God or to think about the day, that I can experience God and be prepared for a deeper insight that God's grace may give me at a certain time. There is finally a lesson which is very outstanding for our present situation of the restrictions of the coronavirus. It's the recognition of Jesus' new life, and his new presence with us. We feel an ache at the moment for the great sacraments of the church. For Jesus as the risen Lord, as the Son of God, is present to us at all times and in all places. This is part of his glorified existence. What a great consolation to know that in our homes, at our moments of work, when we are meeting people, at those quieter moments when we have a renewed sense of the beauty of creation and of the loveliness of kindness and goodness of other people, that all these experiences are connected to Christ. Each moment can become an opportunity for the growth in grace, that is, the growth in the free and generous offer of God's friendship with us.